When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ray Coob on the imbalanced history of rock and roll here with my partner in crime, Marcus Goldman. We're going to talk to an old friend today. She's got a great sense of humor. She's fun to talk to. She's got interesting and fascinating stories about the music scene in the 70s. I mean, just some great stuff. So you get to hear a really fun conversation today. Last time we talked to her was in the middle of the pandemic. Let's talk to Annie Haslam of Renaissance on the Imbalance History. Good afternoon, Annie. Hello. Hello. My God, what's that color for God's... Whoa, I know, turn his shirt off, it's so loud, huh? I can't hear you, his shirt's too loud. It's electric. (laughs) Uh, What are you doing up in a tree? (laughs) This bird. I've got a hawk, who, a red-tailed hawk, who uh, hunts near us. There are red-tailed hawks and uh, bald eagles uh, nest over there. And uh, this young guy was uh, hunting, and uh, he looked at me like if I didn't stop taking pictures, he was going to fly at me and eat my eyeballs. So I backed off slowly. Yeah, he was very serious. He's a beautiful bird, and we still see him. I saw him nab a squirrel a couple weeks ago. And he's amazing. He's super good at what he does. Oh. That was in the tree between our house and our neighbor's house. And 
He's just a rad, red-tailed hawk. They had in England, um, they had a big problem with them. All of a sudden, like, they were everywhere. I mean, I love birds. I mean, I've got no problem at all with them. Like, hey, I, I love red, red tails, too, but I wouldn't want to have a Hitchcock moment with them, if you nope. know what I mean. No way. No. They fly no. fast. They're fast, and they're Do you have a name for it? Yeah, I call him uh, Lemmy. Ah. Lemmy Hawkwind. <laughs> So last week, it was last time we we were speaking. When was that? It was during the pandemic, uh, about a year ago, before the uh, yeah, before the that's album. That's what I was just gonna bring up. It's yeah. been a while. Yeah. yeah. How you feeling? You feeling better? Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better. I had a, a, a lot of. Uh, a lot of medical things. What the hell is this AGE thing? It's terrible. Uh, you know what? It beats oh D-E-A-T-H. I'll just say that, okay? It's a dirty I remember word. my mother. She kept her age until she was 75. She looked amazing. And then all of a sudden, she just kind of just was old, you know. I'm 75. <laughs> Don't. And, uh, we weren't going to ask her tell, but, you know, you're looking good. 75, you're kidding me. You look awesome. Mm-hmm. Stop. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm okay. I just had cataract surgery. That's weird. I wake up in the morning. I'm like this, trying to find my glasses. You know, but I had to have it. You know, the only problem there, the big problem, is when they're on your face and you have that, that blurry vision. And I'm, yeah, I'm glad really you're okay there. I mean, I've got more lines now as well. That because I've been wearing glasses so long, I was just wearing my contacts when I was doing it shows. You know, all part of our COVID reality and getting adjusted back into things. The other thing is. You had a lot of things that you had to get done, uh, plans that it had to be rescheduled, tours that were already in the office. Already contracted. Yeah, Yeah, but it's all been out there, done and dusted. So how'd it go? Well, since I saw you, I was supposed to, as as we spoke the last time, I think I I had to cancel my Christmas show, which would have been the first show two and a half years. First time ever in my life, I had a very slight uh, problem with a, a node in my throat. And I couldn't sing. So I had to cancel that show. I had to really take care of myself because Brazil was coming up, uh, which it did. That was interesting. It was it, the last tour we did was phenomenal. This time it was it was different. It was certainly different. There were a few problems with equipment and stage stuff, which we never had before. Um, or because there were different people doing it this time and it just wasn't the same, you know. But the people were there and it, it was great. We did four shows. And then I decided to stay on for another 10 days because 21 years ago, I wrote a song with a a singer-songwriter. He's pretty well known in Brazil called Flavio Venturini. Uh And I I went over with Rave, my keyboard player, and we did some shows with his band. Well, you can imagine the Brazilian band. Oh, my God. What amazing musicians they are down there. But you know what? If I popped off tomorrow, I would would be so... (laughs) thankful for a million things that I've done that people keep reminding me of like when I was 15 I jumped on the stage to try and grab hold of Mick Jagger in Cornwall no I didn't know I, that I, didn't, I never I heard that, that story I wasn't that kind of person wow. I mean, and some friend of mine I saw when I went to England in January 2020 to edit that DVD we did I went to see a friend I used to go to school with and I saw her sister and she said Oh, Anne. She's Cornish accent, you know. Oh, Anne. <laughs> you remember? We remember when we went. We when we went to Caroline Bay. We went to see the Rolling Stones, and you went up the side and tried to climb on the stage. Wow. <laughs> That's classic. Wow. Yes, you did. So, but anyway, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff. But anyway, so 
in 2021, when we, we did this work with Flavio and his band, which was mm-hmm. wonderful, we wrote a song together and we played it live, but we never recorded it. So I stayed on Brazil this time, and it just so happened that the day we recorded it was my 75th birthday. Ta-da! It's called Poetry of the Birds. It's going to be released shortly, and um, this, the studio uh, was called um, Sonestereo, and it's on top of a mountain range outside of Belo Horizonte in Brazil. And you, 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 you look out when you're singing, and it's just a mountain range, and you feel like you can touch it. It's right there. <sighs> Unbelievable. I feel like I was a bit tired, but some somehow something was with me that just, you know, just gave me the energy to do a really good job, you know, with the singing. But it was fantastic. You know, a few problems we had on the tour, technical and things, it just all went away because this was so magnificent, you know. You could see why. And, my be- I had, and you can stay there in the studio. Uh, they've got bedrooms and I had a bedroom and I opened the windows in the morning. There's the mountain range right there in front of me. It was wonderful. breathtaking. Sounds like it's so breathtaking. we did that. That's coming out soon. And then we got home, and three weeks later, we had to go to Germany because we were doing Night of the Prog, which is the biggest uh, prog festival in Europe. And it's on top of a mountain. Um, it, it's called Lorelei, um, mm. but an hour and a half from Frankfurt. And yeah, our hotel was in Frankfurt. We had to drive one hour and 15 minutes four times in one day. Oh. Uh, you, uh, and I had an accident. You'll, this is the best thing. That, um, yeah, so we get there. I went two days earlier. It was about 104 degrees when I got there. Hot was, summer over there, really. Uh, well, it was the, the heat wave as well, you know. Yeah, really yeah. So I, uh, I got through that. And then so the day of the show, um, we had to get up early because we had to leave for sound check at 8 o'clock, I think it was, because the sound check was 9.30 in the morning because of the, the you know the bands like pineapple thief were on and people like that right Another early effect. bands plus you don't want to be doing sound check if you can avoid it in the middle of that heat Jeez. oh it was awful it was like it was like a sound check in the middle of the night because i was jet lagging <sighs> so you know we did that and this place um and they all think it's glorious and you know rock star lifestyle you know they on the know, ground reality no sometimes idea. no idea I'm going to still pretend to be the angel that they think I am. Well, that kind of leads to to my next question. You've been gallivanting about. You know, the fans uh, in Germany, like there are about 3,000 people there. It's called The Rock. It's a giant, giant rock. And it's, it's, you know, it's a boat tale about this mermaid, um, Lorelei. And it was uh, it's a national heritage site. And Hitler apparently used to go up there and do all his get-togethers with his people and, you know... I think I saw something about that. It was kind of really odd. And I thought, I hope nothing happens while I was here, while I'm here, you know, just because of that. Well, the the driver of the bus that was taking us back and forth and with all the the guys parked the truck when we got back after a sound check in the wrong place. And there were these giant orange cylinder cylinders, I would say, made out of metal, about 20 inches high and about that round to stop you from parking there. So we parked there. I opened the door. What did I do? It was right by me. I fell right over it. Did you get hurt? Uh, I did not. But as I've got a dislocated vertebra, if I'd have gone on my back, mm. Yeah, I wouldn't be speaking to you now. It's almost like I had help. Put my arm out to help me. I hurt my, I hurt my hand badly, but I didn't break anything. And I grazed my knee. That was bleeding. 
and uh, the band had already gone into the hotel. I was on my own out there. And then oh, some no. Came, yeah, it's, you know, it was like, what can we do to that Annie Aslam today? Let's see. Oh. Uh, it looked like I was okay and I didn't break any bones, so I decided I had to, I couldn't not do the show after the show must the go pandemic on. stopping me, you know. <laughs> I said, let's go back up to the festival. I'll go back because we were going to rest in that four hours. I went back with Pineapple Thief. Gavin Harrison, the drummer, was our drummer once in the 80s. He's now one of the best drummers in the world. He's with um, Porcupine Tree as well. The drummer, oh, yeah. Gavin. So he was there. I hadn't seen him for years. So I went back up there because they were going up for their sound check and I hitched a ride with them. The same driver again. <laughs> And I was in a lot of pain. They did have medics up there. They looked after me and, and and I was okay. I didn't break anything, but I was shaky on stage and I lost some words in Symphony of Light. But it was a great show. The audience were amazing. It was just... A little crazy? little crazy? Every day for me is crazy. It was a great show and we hadn't been there for many years to Germany, so... And then we went home the next day, and so that was it. Annie Haslam is our guest on The Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll, and I saw an article that told me about a couple of things I never knew about you, and we've known each other for a few minutes, right? I never knew that you worked on Savile Row, and that originally being a clothes designer or you know, creating clothes and stuff was what you wanted to do, even though you were a natural singer. Well, my brother Michael was a singer, you know, he was uh, managed by Brian Epstein and a uh, ballad singer. He went on tour with the Beatles several times. My heart won't say goodbye, though I hurt and I cry. Why is it when I say I'll leave you behind me, my heart must remind me I need you so. I I didn't at that point when he was doing that I I didn't even know that I was a singer. We both got it from my father, who was a great singer. But uh, he was an amateur comedian singer, uh, a very funny man, but a great voice. And so uh, so I wanted to be a dress designer. I went to art school for that, and then I came up to London, got several different jobs in different companies to keep my you know food in my mouth. And then I got this job as a, a, a tailor, not a tailoress, but as a, you know an apprentice uh, for a Savile Row tailor, David J. Coombs. That was it was incredible some famous movie stars you know uh, and i remember when the the, the they did the, the the beatles were on top of the building next next door wherever it was with the concert didn't go obviously because was, was that working. near where you were working as an apprentice i was working as an apprentice for a savaro taylor but i mean was that right near where you were when you were working there what you mean the the, the beatles thing 
Yeah. The Apple building is in Savile Row. Uh-huh. We were right by that. We were close. So we, oh, we could I hear didn't it. Know that. But, uh, you know, wow. You yeah, could right hear there. it. It's funny because this fan said, he wrote to me, he said, I saw you. I know where you are because you are on top of the building behind John Lennon. I thought, no, I wasn't. <laughs> oh, because you've talked about being able to have heard it. People they figured add, you were there. It, it was, it gets from one person to another person. It, it gets added to. It. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was incredible. That was, the, you know, just being there and look. And then the recession, there was a very bad recession in England. And uh, he had to let me go because I was the last one to join the, the, the company. Uh-huh. And it broke my heart. But, you know, I understood. And I went on and then, you know, I ended up a singer. More with Annie Haslam right after this short break. We've got words from our sponsors, Crooked Eye and Boldfoot Socks. You know, Marcus, when Marisa got back from her power walk the other day, she started doing a testimonial for Boldfoot Socks. So I told her, hold on. And I sat her down and had her record it. Hey, Marisa. Tell us all about your bold foot socks. You know how much I love to go out on that 5.30 a.m. power walk, and I'm usually coming home sweating and dripping wet from head to toe. But since I bought my bold foot socks, that isn't true anymore, at least not for my toes. After any workout or one of my long walks, I take off my shoes, I take off my socks, and I can't believe how dry my feet are. Even my socks aren't really that wet. These are the bold foot socks that I'm telling you about. Uh, They're so comfortable that I barely feel them on my feet when I'm walking or exercising. Every time you put on these socks, there's two words in capital letters that have so much meaning. You see the words, be bold. What that means to me is that if I'm going to go out for that walk, that jog, to the gym, wherever I'm going, it gives me a message that I can give it my best shot, that I can be empowered I know it sounds crazy. It's just a pair of socks, but that's what it does for me. And they also wick the sweat away. That's Boldfoot Socks at boldfoot.com. Check them out and be bold. Hey, Ray, it's been a really fun summer, and included in that summer fun is all the happenings at Crooked Eye Brewery over in the heart of Hatboro. So much going on, including the opening of the Crooked Eye Kitchen and the arrival of Salty Vets Barbecue. Matt and his team started small, but demand immediately outgrew what they'd done, so they've been making more to keep people fed over there. I got to tell you, man, so much has changed in the way things are going, too, like Rich and John are doing a duet now, and they're appearing regularly in addition to all the the regulars like the Crooked Eye Band. And with the fall coming on, you're going to see some really nice fall varieties of beers in the And cider, room. too, yeah. probably. Don't forget, it's all there. Craft cocktails, too, at Crooked Eye at the main location right there off York Road in Hapro. Pouring the cure for what ails you since 2014 and now pouring craft cocktails and serving up that salty vet fall off the bone barbecue. Keep up with what's going on at the Crooked Eye Brewery by following them on Facebook. Want your business to have the best opportunity for success? Take a tip from tech industry leader Intel when you move or expand in Ohio. The new Silicon Heartland is the place forward-thinking business leaders find ample talent, a highly ranked business climate, convenient central location, plus an especially low-risk environment for site selection. Where else can you have all the room you need to grow while rubbing elbows with the giants in your industry? Visit successinohio.com today. 
Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a story that I saw, something about singing around the house. You mentioned your father and your brother singing, and that you didn't, re- like you said, didn't realize you had this talent. Was there one moment when you were adding to the fun where they both stopped and looked at you and you went, what? And everybody started realizing that you had this No, talent. Well, no, because um, Michael and, and Keith had left home at that point. All I know is that that song, uh, Diana by Paul Anker, was on the radio all the time. So that's going to mm, be... 50s? Late 50s, something like that, whatever. And and so I don't know. I, all I remember is my dad, so we've got some family of visit. Somebody was visiting and my dad said, Anne, come on then, let's hear you sing Diana. Because I think they heard me singing along with it one day, right, the radio. Oh. And I said, I'm going to go in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to shut the door. <laughs> See, my dad must have recognized something then when I was that child. They sent me Mm -hmm. for elocution lessons. Ah. And I thought, why are they doing this to me? They must have known that I needed to get rid of a really strong voice like this, you know. (laughs) And I just found out the other day. Oh, guess what, Annie? Annie, one second. Our research team listening to our conversation is uh, sending me a message that Paul Anka's Diana was released in July of 1957. Just uh, for I was 10. So that that's was like the, your first Yeah, that's, that's the that first time anybody heard me sing. And, and that was my audience. You know, I was in the kitchen. <laughs> They were in the other room. Well, you know, all those years later during the pandemic, you were singing in the kitchen again, you know. I I sing anywhere because I sing in the bathroom, in the toilet, whatever you want, really. (laughs) Is it it really, really nice to get out of the house, do what you do, get on the road with the band, do all the the stuff, even though I know it can be very, very stressful at times, just to do the tours and to do the shows and get to the fans and bring the music out? the, The good thing about this band... Uh, I was talking to somebody earlier, is that there's no egos other than mine. I'm joking there. There's no problems with anybody in the band or the orchestra that we, we work with now. We, it's like a family. We have a wonderful time. And the thing is that everybody connected with the band love the music so much, including me. I never get fed up with singing. It's so special. It's, this music is so special and so different. And it's still different. It's it's timeless. Because of the pandemic, I thought that was the end of everything, of course. And then I, th- I thought, well, I'm hoping it's not, but I couldn't see any... You know, when we were right in it, everybody was looking to try and see a future, but you couldn't, because we didn't know. There was there were so many different things going on, you didn't know who to believe. Unprecedented um, in our times. You know what I, I thought would really help us all is if we could get one person who lived through it 100 years ago because they're all gone, right? Bring them forward. If they could have sent one person from, you know, 100 years ago to help us all, they could have probably had a lot of answers that would have 
made it less stressful than it, than it yeah had. it was it was difficult mm -hmm. all over the world wasn't it? it was i cried every day i, I know that's why i first question i asked you is how you yeah. feeling because i know yeah. what that was like it was awful i was you know for, for every for everything the planet everything animals everything well obviously we had to do the brazilian and the the German thing because we've got the contract so we knew that we would be doing that I was looking forward to the Christmas show Sellersville but then I got a problem with my throat and I had to cancel it well there are dates on the board ladies and gentlemen uh, you're going to be out in October staying kind of close to home I see that you're uh, playing on Long Island and Red Bank you've got a date at the Keswick such a great place of course you you've uh, recorded there in the past yeah, and Finger Lakes and uh, New York. We've been visiting some in uh, Cooperstown this year, and uh, it's always good to get up and visit the folks up there. And I see just before Halloween, wrapping things up at the Town Hall in New York. That's kind of cool. Yeah, you know what? I just remembered the last time we played there. It was either on Halloween or the day before. It was, You're yeah. too off. Yeah, you go. Yeah, no, that's a lovely venue. But I think the Keswick is our favourite. Something about it, you know, the people that, or, you know, uh, the promoter, everybody that works there. It's just, it, it's it's so easy. You know, there's 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 never any problems. It's it's just a wonderful place to be. Well, your band plays it masterfully. It's a wonderful acoustic place to play as well, in addition to all the other stuff. And also, I don't know if I can say this, but we also have an Indiegogo campaign going on. Okay. Tell us about, about that. It? Yeah. Well, we did one last time when we did the, the tour in 2019 mm -hmm. because we have an orchestra of, of 10 musicians so there's 16 of us all, t all together so but to record is costs a lot, a lot yes. of money mm -hmm. and so it's it's impossible with a record deal which you know is, is a thing of the past basically for a lot of people um so we started a, an indiegogo campaign to raise the funds to help us with the orchestra to to record and everything so that's going on right now what's the header for that if people go to the app to donate if they go to the Indiegogo, just go look look for Renaissance, and it should okay. it should get should go to the page. Yeah, excellent. Well, do that, folks, because that's how things are getting done this way. You almost like feel like you're sharing in, you know, the ownership of it as a fan. So it's yeah. a good thing, good thing all around. I was just wondering, you were talking about your childhood and singing and some of the early stuff that you did. Do you remember the first? record that was gifted to you or the first record you bought with your own money yes will you still love me tomorrow by the shirelles I think the second one was Rubber Ball by Bobby V. Wow. <laughs> and then the third one was Locomotion. Everybody's doing it right. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, the original, right? What I made... used to dance to that. I used to go around like this, like I was a steam train, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so what What made you pick those records out out of all of the other uh, records that were out there at the time? Because there was a lot of great music coming out at yeah, that time. I wasn't, I, I'm kind of an odd person, really. When I look back and think about other people growing up and, you know, like, a lot of girls would wear a lot of flowery clothes and everything. I never, I never was never really into flowery, feminine high heels. I, you know, I think the highest heel was like three inches. I th- oh, oh no, that I tell a lie. I thought once I really would like a pair of stiletto heels, and so I taught my dad into taking me into St Austell in Cornwall and buy me a five-inch pair of white winkle picker shoes winkle pickers he, that's he, come up on the podcast and, yeah, before. and he Marcus. dropped me off at the local dance right in foy and i sat down and i couldn't get up because <laughs> i couldn't get my balance on these shoes <laughs> <laughs> so i sat there all night until my dad came <laughs> but anyway um i've lost my train of thought now i just i just went straight back to that that place so I wasn't the kind of person that was that was really into music. I don't. I mean, I probably listened to it um, on the radio, but not really got all that excited that I was going to go and buy things. And so I guess I heard it one day, and I wrote it down, and I got. And my dad got me a record player, and that was the first one I bought. Oh, cool. So it wasn't like I was an avid collector or listening to all kinds of music, except when we were still living in Bolton, when in 1962. When my brother was playing, learning to, we were playing the guitar, and he was playing locally before he got discovered. Um, I used to go into his bedroom, and 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 he'd say, "Don't make a noise." And what we'd have, we'd have the radio on very low. It's Radio Luxembourg. Slim Harpo was responsible for that unusual ballad, and Ian Mingus conjures up this piece of taboo. And I don't know if you've ever heard of that. And it was like everybody listened to Radio Luxembourg, if you could get it in those days. And um, we used to lie there and listen to all this this music. That was my, actually, I guess that was my first, my first introduction to music on the radio, to be honest, proper music. And, and I remember one of the songs was Ketty Lester, Love Letters. Love letters straight from you. Keep us so near while apart. You know, I just remember lying on the floor and listening to that song, thinking, hmm. and not realizing that I was going to be a singer. I had no idea. No wow. idea. My brother was the singer, not me. <laughs> so, you know, so it's like. But it all got in there. Music, it all got into your brain. The music you know? was put in front of me. It wasn't like, you know, a lot of people go, oh, yeah, oh my God, I heard this. And then my friend said this. I wasn't like that. I, I, I'm not saying I didn't have a lot. I didn't have a lot of friends, really. I was never, you know, one of these people like, oh, let's go, let's go to the cinema on Thursday, show. I'm going to wash my hair. Oh no, I'll, we don't eat fish on Monday. I'll do the washing on Friday. All that kind of. Stuff. I'm not like that. <laughs> That's why, you know. So I was being prepared for this really ridiculous life that I've had since. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you always wondered you, why it was like this, but then when you got to do what you were doing, it's like, oh, yeah. I was learning about life, but differently than everybody else. All my, all my other little girlfriends, school friends, and everything. Very yeah. cool. <laughs> and Very they cool. all got married. Most of them got married, and they've got grandkids now. You know. I love hearing about influences and and uh, what 
what excited people who ended up going on to do music in their lives. It's really interesting to hear what what music excited you, what records excited you. You know, it's all part of the learning process, and it's fascinating to hear the, all these the, connections. There is, there is a, a, an interesting couple of interesting things. Well, I had a boyfriend called Eric Peacock, and he's the one who heard me singing at a party, and he's the one who encouraged me and put me in for these talent competitions and everything. At one point, it was before that, I was was I still with Eric, or was I cheating on him? Can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> I just, can't remember to be Not honest. But anyway, oh, I know what it was. I, I went to 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 get a job with this company called Winsmore um, as um, a, a fashion artist. As, you know to, to design things for them right and so I did I went there and I was so excited because to, to go for that it's a top job really back then and so and I was very good at drawing and, and coming up with ideas so they took me in a room and they said they gave me a book and said just come up with as many ideas as you, whatever you do so we can see your style of, of drawing you know the, the owner of the company came in to see me and he saw what I was doing. He said, oh, my gosh, I really like your work. He was an older man. He said, I'm looking forward to seeing you when I come back from holidays, which really meant you've got the job, right? Wow. But he was going for two weeks. At the end of this day, the, I was taken into the office and they said, we're sorry, but um, you're, not, you're not right. They took, the, took my book in the office for two hours. I had to wait two hours. So they must have copied everything that I had, had done. And then they said, sorry, it didn't work. And I was heartbroken. And my mom and dad were about to go to Canada. And they said, right, you're coming with us. I went to Canada for a month. While in Canada, we went to the Brunswick Tavern and there was a talent night. Everybody was drinking lager. It was in Toronto, and they they had the, the the songs. You could choose whatever one you wanted, and they're all written out in cardboard. So I thought, oh. early karaoke, right? Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. And so I chose the, those were the days because I knew it. Mary Hopkin, you know. Once upon a time, there was a I sang it and I won. So I won more lager. That's what I won. (laughs) (laughs) Just remember, they may not have as much punch, but if you drink enough lagers, it can be dangerous. Yeah. So I won that. And then, and then years later, Tony Visconti is now my friend and he's, you know, produced a couple of my albums. Mm -hmm. And then when I was with Eric Peacock, I remember we moved into this place in North Chinkford on the edge of Epping Forest. It's another amazing place. And um, we went to a shop, you know, record shop, and bought ELO. Mm. First mm. one. Oh, wow. And guess who's on that? Well, Roy Wood, of course. Another nutcase. I, I, I end up living with Roy Wood and <laughs> producing my album. It's like all this stuff coming back. It's, been, it's, like, it's been like that my whole life, I think. When I look back, all these things are coming back, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Like the last, we brought Jim McCarty, you know, of course, was from the right. Yardbirds. Brought him over in 2019 to be at the show in New York and and the Keswick. Yes, I saw him. And yes. he, he because the song he wrote with Keith was called and with Beethoven was called um, Island. So we brought him over and we. And that was your audition song, it. wasn't it? And we did the, we did Island with the orchestra and with Jim. And that was your audition song when you joined. That was the my band. audition song I that got that. me the job. Wow. Yeah, and there's Jim. Yeah, and he's he's a great guy. He's funny. He's a nice guy. That was that was very special. We haven't got lots of stories like that, but I know we haven't got the time. <laughs> Sorry. Always time for you, God, my friend. God, it's Always. so much stuff. It's crazy. But at least I'm in. The, I'm feeling a lot better than I did a few months ago. That's good. We're glad. Had a heart that. thing going on and. Had to get that checked out and had a catheter, cardiac catheterization or whatever. That was scary. Mm. And then I, they checked my lungs out and I and, and they, we did these tests where, you know, hold your breath for as long as you can, which is fine for me. And at the end of it, he said, well, he said, there's nothing wrong with your lungs. He said, people <laughs> give good money for those lungs. <laughs> that was a really Whoa. Whoa, Doc, wow. come on. He said, I think it must be a singing. Your lungs are, lungs are amazing. Yeah. Do you have an exercise routine? Do you have a, a strict <laughs> dietary routine or anything no. like that? <laughs> you know, when I'm painting, because I'm painting a lot now as well, and I've got commissions and things, I sit down a lot, and really I should get up every couple of hours and then lie down, you know, to rest your back, but I, I forget to yeah. do that. But Or take a walk, take a little walk, just a mile. Yeah, I know I should. I know I should, yeah. but the, then the phone will go, and then right now we're in the middle of doing all the tour things. Oh, by the way, it's great that the phone hasn't gone off once during this entire interview. That's Unlike because the last I took time. it off the hook. Ah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for that. <laughs> it's very simple. <laughs> True. Always. Oh, hey, before I forget, I got to thank Scott Bluebon for getting us together today. I know we can call each other on the phone anytime, Eddie, but it was just good to have Scott in the mix. Oh, yeah. Hi, Thanks Scott. For help. Thank Hi, you. Scott. <laughs> Hello, Scott. Hi, Tara. Annie Haslam on the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. I know you got a lot going on. Thanks so much, Annie. Yeah, oh, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Appreciate it. Re- really enjoyed it. Me too. <laughs> thank you. Renaissance back on the road and on the podcast. Always so good to talk to Annie Haslam. Now I'm going to have that song Diana in my head all day. You know, it's an earworm. I'm going to be like all day now. (laughs) I'm definitely going to listen to that one again as well. Good stuff. Diana. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, always fun to get in in crazy mode whenever we talk to Annie, though. And she just brings it out in us. She turns us all into nutcases, you know. Absolutely. We we need to get her back again in the near future to share some more great stories of that golden period of rock and roll in the 70s when Renaissance was really shining bright. Ugh. Till the next time we crack the mic in the Dark Duck Studios, I'm Ray Coop. I'm Marcus Goldman. This is the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 